Mike McGee is here. All is right with the world. Uh, Mike McGee doing great things over at AnitaB.org, making sure that women are represented in the world of science and technology and the workplace in general. But on Tuesdays, he's our senior tech correspondent. Hello, Michael. Yo, yo. Hi, how are you? Oh, doing okay. Good, good, good. Mike McGee, you bring us great uh, information. Uh, Sometimes. Most times. I'm going to say all times. Okay. All times. Well, you said it. And, <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of folks listening right now who are uh, what we in the business call parents of children. Ooh. Parents of children out here, uh, you know, with modern day parenting problems that my mom didn't have, your parents didn't have. Media savvy meant something much different in the early 80s yes. than it does right now. And honestly, it would it would baffle me. if I had, Like, I grew up in the early 80s. If I had to raise a kid right now with all the different things, the new things that they have, I don't know what I would do. Are you here to help these folks? I think that I think you have some advice. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I think that with, you know, with friends of mine and uh, family members of mine having young children in this technological age, I mean it, it's easy to say that it's unavoidable. It is. You can't avoid this, but mm-hmm. um I think the best way uh, is to really embrace it and get them started early. Um, and also this Wired article would tend to agree to me. So there we go. I know some things. Okay. Um, but Wired.com just came up with a story about how to raise media-savvy kids in the digital age. And one of their first tips is to start them early. So, I mean, you know, I have friends, their kids are two, three, four years old, and iPads are a very big uh, product in the house. You know, big touch screen, easy to use. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a great way to get them introduced to technology in general. But then you have to layer the Internet on top of that, uh, which adds, you know, another layer of complexity. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, even if you, you know, say this kid, you know, my kid won't have a cell phone until they're a teenager or they won't have their own, you know, laptop or you set parental controls. There's only so much you can do to limit their exposure to technology That's because true. they don't just stay in your home. Yeah, <laughs> They go to a school or they go to their friend's place or they're just out in public. And so the more you can start them early and have them interact with technology and have them, you know, set them up to choose between certain technologies and decisions, the more prepared they may be uh, once they start to go further away from the nest. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, left to their own devices, kids could find any way, any number of ways to uh, use technology in its its worst form. But it's it's up to us as grown-up people to make sure that we steer them in the right direction. Yeah, set guardrails, but you don't have to lock them away from it. Uh, again, easier said than done. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but if you have an intentionality to try to, um, you know, see, create certain situations uh, to talk about certain subjects and how this can be, you know, don't just share your information to everyone. Watch out for those games. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, buying, you know, sharing, you know, sensitive information to get power-ups. And, um, mm. you know, if you're studying for something, here are the places to go. You can start very simply. Uh, and then also through mistakes. If a kid messes up, don't use it 
as an example to just take things away, but to educate. Mm-hmm. So, what about uh, d- the difference between small children, who I guess you might want to use technology more as an educational tool, or honestly just to keep them busy so they leave you the heck alone so you can pee in peace, and teenagers who you know are a little more curious, or a little more savvy, and a little more rebellious. What what advice does Wired have for the teens? Yeah, I think the kind of the the key piece of advice that Wired talks about was really for parents to take on a more like of an advisory role uh, during the teen years. So, um, you know, you can still have restrictions, but, you know, again, similar kind of themes. You don't you you can try to shield your children away from almost everything, uh, but it's nearly impossible. So since you can't shield them from everything. Um, you know, allow them to have more room, Mm -hmm. but to be that advisor. And the beauty is the, you know, as the years change, more and more parents and children that will become parents will be uh, adept and experienced in this new digital age. And so they'll have more, you know, whatever the, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to do this. Now it's like, yeah, when I was a kid, I was on Snapchat or TikTok and <laughs> I did these things. So there's more digital examples versus the shifts that we had yeah. when we were growing up. And so I think that'll be helpful um, as well. Uh, but, yeah, I think the other thing is just to really just check in on your kids. I mean, the way we consume news is different. Um, it used to be, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, and now it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snap, um, and Google. Uh, and that's just a, a different level of and different, you know, style of news that we've been consuming. And, you know, that's the rise of fake news and versus real news. And so it can be really difficult uh, to determine, you know, what is fact, what is fiction. So really just having a conversation and again, starting that early so that when they do get into their teenage years, you have you already have this healthy dialogue going. But if you haven't done that again, advisory role the more you try to, you know, take away, you know, especially teenage years, the more rebellious they can be, and then that might not accomplish what you want. Yeah, it's all, and it's, uh, once again, you should know, kid-by-kid basis. It's not a one-size-fits-all solution. It's really easy. I think if you just listen to what I said, it'll be fine. Yeah, Yeah. and also listen to your kids. Yeah. But uh, also, we don't have children, so, you know, grain of salt. Exactly why you should listen to me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally right. Because we're mostly children ourselves. Yeah, Honestly. that's the best advice. Yeah, yeah. Listen to us. We're big stay, kids. Stay children. It's also the 10th birthday of the Apple iPad, and it changed the tablet, tablet game forever. Happy birthday, iPad. Mike McGee, tell us how, uh, you know, take us back to the simpler time 10 years ago uh, and what Apple was hoping to accomplish with their big old uh, computer book from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, 10 years ago. I remember uh, this was, I think, Steve Jobs' kind of final major product launch um, before he passed away the next year. Um, and this was something that actually they were developing the iPad before the iPhone. Um, little known uh, story is that in the earlier 2000s, they wanted to develop a tablet. And then in development of the tablet, they realized that, oh, they can make it into a phone, mm-hmm. and the time was right for a phone. So when the iPad came out three years after the iPhone, it was like, oh, they just stretched the iPhone size. But really, they shrunk the iPad first. Um, so, yeah, but Steve Jobs was very excited about this. 
I remember, I think I, yeah, I think I waited in line for uh, at the Apple store to get this oh, back in 2010. Cute. But that's that means that it was January when you did that. It was like this. Outside. Well, it was it was announced in January. Okay. At the press event, but uh, it came out in March, because I remember going to the Final Four in Indianapolis that same day. So yeah, downtown Michigan Avenue, got one of the first iPads and then uh, played with it in the car, and, and it was pretty cool. Again, supposed to sit in between the laptop desktop and your phone yeah um, and it yeah. does right yeah. and it does and it and it's uh you know i remember going to a um an oprah winfrey taping yeah and uh it was with my mom diana ross is there it was that's another story for another day but at the end of the the episode and it was it was uh, around this time it was like president's day yeah and oprah was going to be hosting like a post oscars thing and she's talking about it, and she's talking about it and like the way that you know how Oprah yep. talks about things and you know something's about to happen. I'm yeah. like, I turn to my mom. I'm like, are we going to the Oscars? <laughs> are we about <laughs> to go to the Oscars? And she's like, and you can watch the broadcast on your new tablet. And everybody want a tablet. Like we reach under and everybody's like, we get an iPads. We get an iPads. And it wasn't. It was like some Samsung sadness. Oh, like a Microsoft one? Because <laughs> yeah. Microsoft came out with the one in 2010 as well. So yeah. And uh, an it, HP Slate or something. It was. Uh, it sure was a tablet. Wasn't that? But I had already handled an iPad, and oh, and you so were ruined. I was ruined. Uh, so uh, all this time later, everybody else has had to kind of up their game to keep up with the iPad. Have we gotten there, where the iPad is no longer the gold standard, and everyone else has kind of has shown up? Yeah, I think as a pure tablet, the iPad is still number one. But I think it still, ten years later, hasn't fulfilled the dream that Steve Jobs set out for it. Like. It's getting better. The latest operating system that came out for the iPad is finally getting it to be that, like, if you left your laptop or lost your laptop but you had an iPad, could you do your work? Could you browse the Internet with a laptop, desktop, quite feel? Could you type a novel? Could you edit a video, make music? And it's getting closer, but I think if Steve Jobs were alive today in 2020, I think he would have hoped the iPad would have done those things a little better. I think it's still one of my favorite devices to just, you know, to be able to, you know, watch TV in any room and to read on a bigger screen and to interact with things on a bigger screen is great. But it's still the tablet space still has some work to do. Yeah. Yeah. You still got some work. But still great. Yeah. Still, I'm glad I have my iPad. It really does help in situations. Well, let's uh, take a look at the app of the week. It's called Byte. And it's for all of us who just really miss Vine. Yes. Yeah, R.I.P. Vine. R.I.P. Vine. Hashtag Gave us so Vine many back. memes, so much good stuff. And now I was just getting to learn TikTok, and now i got to learn this other thing. Well, you got to just, you know, decide which one you're going to stick with. Just uh, don't don't, don't uh, try to learn both. Just pick, just, you know, flip a coin or something. I've, I've, uh, I've posted my first Byte video. Oh, my goodness. It is a video of you. Uh, I'm I'm at Jill Hopkins across all right. across all the socials I'm apparently. Re rebite it, yeah. Which you is should the, rebite the, it. The term. So we're just making little videos. We can put captions. We can do uh, music and all that stuff. This video already has three likes, and I don't even know anybody on this wow. dang app. And somebody has said those moves though. They talking about you? Wow, <laughs> T H O though. Yeah, T H O. Wow, that's, that's yeah. legit. Uh, it's it's one step below D O E. 
Those moved up. <laughs> I'll take it um, for a bite that was created two minutes ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, if you knew, know Vine or if you know any six-second video on Twitter or TikTok, uh, Vine was where it really kind of kick-started. Mm-hmm. You know, taking over from YouTube, just the concept of a really quick video. Apparently, six seconds is the magic amount of time to create something special. And so Vine was unceremoniously created. Uh, dropped after Twitter acquired it and everyone was sad and this uh, co-creator of Vine, Dom Hoffman, has been teasing for years that Byte was, you know, something new was coming Mm -hmm. and it's Byte and it's back and it's a free app and if you are really good at creating videos, you can get paid. They've got a revenue sharing option that they're going to pay creators so, you know, get on Byte, try it out. Let's do that. Let's make this Gen X content. People skipping over us forever. I'm going to make Solid Generation X content on these Generation Z apps. And there we go. See That's an angle. That's a happens. brand. I like that. Yeah. We're just going to just all it's the nice clothes. Nice Jill. You're I know. Big. Just going to be famous now. <laughs> going to be famous. Uh, follow me at Jill Hopkins for all your fame needs. Mike McGee, what's going on? I didn't need to be. Oh, you know, just trying to get money uh, to help the women. Mm-hmm. So if you got money, if you're rich, donate, support. We need more women in technology because we need help. I agree. And thank you for joining us every Tuesday and uh, doing all this great work. I all try. the live long week.